this is Jeff Combs. You're listening to Nightmare Junket. Get a job at a sideshow. Out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from. This is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that was an initial investor of seven minute abs. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're kicking off the year of 2021 by getting out of the U.S. and into some of our favorite international horror films. And we start by going down under with 1993's Body Melt. (laughs) (laughs) Whether or not you uh, ate Flintstone vitamins as a kid, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. I'll open your ooze hole. I had a different hole planned, but that Flintstone vitamins rep, I couldn't figure out 10 million strong and growing hole. It just didn't work. No, and that puts you on a really bad list. Right. You do not want to go to where that one goes. (laughs) But you can follow our shenanigans on social media. Uh, We're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on the Book of Face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and slimy shenanigans. And as this episode truly kicks off the year of 2021 by being released on January 1st mm-hmm. of 2021. We hope we're helping your hangover. Absolutely. And I think a way we can help that hangover is if you are in the Kansas City area, Screenland Armor can help you indoors and... Virtual. You got it on. I first. know! <laughs> the year is starting off good, my friend. There it we is go. starting off good. Ah. Well, as this episode is releasing on that Friday, our latest Friday Night Fright, the first one of 2021, is technically celebrating its 31st year year of horror, as this actually was represented in last year's Into the Mouth of March Madness. Mm -hmm. We're talking Tim Burton's. From Sleepy Hollow. I got mixed up because the madness madness started melding, and I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Not saying we should (laughs) cut that out for surprises here in a few months, but for any of you dog-eared listeners, absolutely. No, this one I truly love. Truly a horror film. Yes. And besides the presence of Jeffrey Jones, mm-hmm. is one you can take the entire family to. Casper Von Dien's second best performance. Well, people always forget he's in this one. Yeah. He actually sat down for a commentary track with the movie crypt guys for the Yorkiethon for Starship Troopers. I missed out on it, and I'm really upset because they never released that stuff. I would like to know more. Oh, <laughs> and if you would like to know more about Screenland, um, head over to Screenland.com, of course, where they do have all the new releases. I do believe uh, Wonder Woman 80, 1984 should still be playing. Yes. And Promising Young Women. Now, over as part of the uh, screen, uh, the Screenland film family at Patreon, here on Saturday... January 6th, I believe, is when we said that. Yes. Hold on, we got to look at that. I've got the thing right in front of me. January 16th, actually. Uh, 16th, yes. Yes, is going to be our latest, the first one of 2021. Oh, and I'm excited. Our about, shutter shout-outs. Yes, and we're going back to the well on this one, if you will, because... <laughs> 
Oh, I didn't even think about that. I was just <laughs> thinking about, I was thinking of Killer Kids. <laughs> but the two films that we will be streaming and talking, and I cannot wait. Because they are going to be released to Shudder soon. Yes, and and so we've got time, of course, take mm-hmm. a look at Shudder.com to see when they're released. But just to tell you what we're going to be looking at is one that's going to be a first-time viewing for you uh-huh. is Cub. Yes. And then one's going to be a first-time viewing for me, which is The Pit. I have not seen The Pit since I was maybe 12 years old and it was on TV and it was that one and I haven't seen it since because I can't see it. I don't know where to see it at. And that's, thank you to Shudder, you can. Yes. And of course that is free because if you have not subscribed already, they have a number of seven day trial codes. But if you would like some customized content, including a pre-show, intro, trailer mm-hmm. reels, and sizzling post-film discussions, all you have to do is become a member of said Screenland film family by heading to Patreon patreon.com slash screenland now no new patreons so we don't have to do the old Epeli. nothing quite yet uh but we do of course want to thank everyone that has been you know through helping out screenland through these times and obviously mm-hmm. hoping that this year things can be starting to course correct yes now here in the month of january because we've got five fridays and we knew that's five episodes to fill that's mm-hmm. you know and as we have been trying to stay with themes throughout these months which actually has it been, helps it does it helps it's been fun <laughs> quite honestly so that's a lot of content and we've had a lot of fun here with different genres i know you were thinking like zombies mm-hmm. which we we've covered there's, a lot there's 11 there's, more months in the year we don't know we can we can get to that mm-hmm. but we ultimately knew that one at least for one month in the year 2021 we would be tackling more international horror Mm -hmm. and for me with international horror it has become something i have truly enjoyed and i won't lie growing up as a horror fan international horror films for the most part i don't want to say they turned me off but primarily i was either bored by them or i just didn't understand them Mm -hmm. and i'm not even talking like language i'm talking you know the context and how they were shot and how they looked they just looked different occasionally and it wasn't until I got a little bit older that I was able to approach a lot of these films with just a little bit more experience mm-hmm. and knowing these the, the having the discipline to watch the films and to take that in. I have just been so much more enriched because there are so many wonderful films that lie outside of the U.S. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of the same way when I was younger. I still liked getting all the horror but it wasn't until I was maybe like a teen that I started like branching out. And especially when like the J horror boom of the early nineties mm-hmm. happened, I was like, Oh, let's see what this is all about. And so then I kind of like got used to that kind of stuff. But then even like my appreciation for Jallo didn't even happen until even later in life where I'm like now getting that appreciation wind. But, and then even finally finding out that some of my favorite ones growing up was international horror, for example, like uh, uh, My Bloody Valentine. Yep. You know, that's Canadian all the way. And Absolutely. you don't even notice that until like, oh, yeah, it is. Well, and for me, a lot of it comes down to just being able to appreciate what they're going for because, you know, humor and horror work for the most part in the same mold for catharsis and what have you release. But they're also some of the most subjective disciplines out there as well, because what is scary for me might be rubbish for you. And especially like when it's a totally different language Mm -hmm. and different sensibilities, because it's one thing to see a foreign language uh, from another country 
if it's like Shaun of the Dead, where like okay, it's the same language, but dialect. But, but like with J horror, that you need to understand exactly like you said. What's scary for one is not scary for others. I personally am not afraid of little kids going meow. Right? I think it's adorable, but at the <laughs> but at the same time. It might be fucking terrifying for you. So. I know people that can't watch those ho- movies because of said meow right. moments. But I sc- think it's cute. Well, scary is scary. It- <laughs> Speaking of, oh, hey, meow, meow. we got they got the appearance of little Davy right there. <laughs> Off mic, of course. I don't think uh, she will ever be getting close here. No. But uh, cultural context definitely comes into consideration in terms of the establishment of norms on one, you know, c- countries. It's different from, we, it just, it, it takes time. Yeah. Is one of those things. But some things transcend language and barriers and all sorts of stuff. Ooey is gooey. Whether no you are in what. the U.S., Japan, Australia, doesn't matter. Like love, it's the universal language. That's, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, so we decided we've got again. That means there's five different um, continents, potentially countries that we can um, explore here. Mm-hmm. We are the Magellans of horror, potentially. Yes. But we decided to go ahead and kick things off down under, where we have learned through a number of genre films, um, through a number of documentaries, uh-huh. that anything in Australia is going to try and fuck you up. Regardless if it is nature, uh-huh. humans, <laughs> uh, just the ground, it does not matter. Things in the ocean, things on the land, things in the air, the other people, various parts of it. <laughs> Australia is a dangerous fucking place. Where is it that, you know, there are certain places that lovers, you know, tend yeah, to go? Yeah, like Ohio is for lovers. Right. I think with Australia. It's thrill seekers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you feel like taking your life in your own hands, come on down to Australia. Yeah, if you're paragliding to get to your neighbor's house. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit then about uh, the exploitation films that exist out there. And these, of Wild. course, are genre films that come from Australia. They come from a land down under. <laughs> and I think probably the piece de resistance of the exploitation genre of the films is George Miller mm-hmm. and the Mad Max franchise. Yes, absolutely. And I think a lot of people kind of forget, technically, that they are Australian exploitation films mm-hmm. because of the prestige behind them. Now. Which is, yeah. Now. Well, even back back but then. The first one was exploitation all over the place with Toe Cutter. Well, and it's a revenge film. Yeah. First and foremost, and sadly, Toe Cutter just passed here. Mm-hmm. He actually bookended the Miller universe as Toe Cutter in the first. And then Morton Joe as in the last. Yeah. Well, it's maybe not last. Po- potentially, but. potentially. But those films, I think, were probably my first introduction to Australia mm-hmm. and the idea of the outback. And the idea of I just thought Australia was nothing but a post-apocalyptic wasteland right? that actually had civilized society. Either that or full of like buffoonery. For example, Buff- like another one of my first introductions besides the Mad Max was the Crocodile Dundee movies. And then eventually that led to the Yahoo Serious movies. Oh boy. Oh boy. 
Yes, I saw Young Einstein in the theater. Oh, did you? Yes, I did. You know what? That's fine. That's fine. I saw. No, I didn't. I didn't. I I was not on the Yahoo Serious bandwagon. I wasn't either. I and you I just happened still, to be I in there. I just happened to be there, and I was like, well, okay. That was back in the day when you would just go to the movies to go to the movies. You weren't necessarily there to see something in particular. It was just a maybe a Friday night. Let me see. Uh, Crocodile Dundee. I also saw back in the day, and it was those kind of characters. And like you said, the buffoonery, the characterization of people in Australia, be it they, they they're from the outback, be they you know, aborigines and what like have knifey you. Knifey spoony before. Knifey spoony, wakey wakey, hands off snakey. <laughs> it 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 showed me this crazy world that I never knew existed. And it wasn't, of course, until I got older that I was able to start looking into more specific exploitation films outside of right. George Miller. Mm-hmm. And that's when I stumbled upon kind of, I guess, the B-level George Miller in Australia, but he's still A-list for us, uh, Brian Trenchard-Smith. Oh, absolutely. Just madness. Just George Miller minus the safety gear. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Think about that, though. (laughs) I know, Minus the... Okay, one of my favorite documentaries is the the behind-the-scenes footage of uh, The Road Warrior, and it's the footage of the guy on the motorcycle... When he goes over and it's uh, ass over apple carts. Onto the cardboard boxes and he misses half of them. Well, it's not even. And it, yes, it's cardboard boxes and then they've got a mattress on top of them. And that's. <laughs> that's Yes. <laughs> and that's state of the art. And I love in between the shots. You see the, all the crew putting together these cardboard boxes. And and the guy fucking eats it. And oh. then like, I'm all right. And like everybody. Everybody's Zoe Bell down there. Everybody. Well, they're they're Australian. They're yeah. they're good natured. Just by they're good people in general. But it's great because then you see him also getting carted off, and is like, and that will he will not be able to return to the production. <laughs> and there are multiple moments in the documentary when you see people driving away, and because of their injuries, they will not return to the production. And you're like, oh my god! But it results in one of the craziest films you know in existence. But Brian Trenchard Smith was able to take. Kind of, he was almost like an indie, B-level. He was the corpsman, I think, of Australia. Uh, some of his work includes Dead and Drive-In, mm-hmm. uh, Turkey Shoot, which is a personal favorite, which I saw for the first time this year. It's got Steve Rails back and, hello, Olivia Hussey. It's basically Man is the Most Dangerous Game. There's a, You need to watch it. It is well worth your time. Uh, but I think he's mostly known, at least in this house, is Stunt Rock. Which was the end of my introduction to Grant Page. Mm-hmm. That one, man's insane. That man is wild. One of the, he's a wild, the wild man of Australia. He is. He is. Uh, he is the the stunt man of Australia. He has been in all of George Miller's films. If he was in an Australian genre film and something dangerous had to happen, he was doing the dangerous thing. He's the one like flying in hand gliders with uh, yes. with a pet tiger as they fly through flaming hoops onto cactus and shit that's what he does yeah and then when he's on his off time and he's actually looking to flirt <laughs> look outside your window right i'm right here you want to go for brunch <laughs> zips line down. I, I do have the man from hong kong and the stunt rock <laughs> blu-ray on its way so that will be partaken in soon <laughs> but this also provided um a film by the guy that gave us rambo mm-hmm. uh, ted kotcheff it's called wake and fright that sounds familiar. It's got Donald Pleasance in a role that <laughs> I, I'm i not going to probably be able to watch this movie again. Oh. 
yeah, it's one of those. It's truly terrifying. There's nothing supernatural about it, but it's all about isolation and the outback. Oh, boy. And there's also some kangaroo killing going on that's legit kangaroo killing, and so it's hard to watch. Mm. Again, I won't rewatch it, but I'm glad I experienced it. Uh, another one that we had a chance to talk and experience, Patrick from 1978, <laughs> which, yeah. Tell the bad thing Santa had jobs. Oh, boy. And even <laughs> even more up to date, uh, Wolf Creek and the entirety of that franchise, the sequel and the TV series. Uh, loved Ones? The, lo- oh, the Loved Ones is perfect contemporary yeah. osploitation that shows not even the high schools are safe not even your prom Mm-mm. date is safe Mm-mm. if her name is lola <laughs> she gets what she wants she is she does am i not pretty enough <laughs> no but going back to wolf creek they have that spawned a franchise yep there's the tv series yeah and it also is built around technically the true yeah. story of why you don't want to get lost, lost in the outback because again it'll fuck you up i mean <laughs> There's movies about, like, the snakes in Australia. We haven't even got to the animals that can kill you. There's another one that is literally where all of nature turns against this couple. I think it's it's oh, Nightmare Weekend, I believe, is what it's called. But literally, the birds, the bees, the snakes, the insects, wind basically turns against them. It's terrifying. It's why I don't know if I can go and, you know... Uh, vacation in australia i'd just be afraid even in the cities because even in real life you hear stories of like oh oh that spider one bite and killed 10 men with the venom or like see that little homeless puppy yeah he one scratch from him will put poison in his system and paralyze you and you're like god damn i don't think i could ever be at ease it's horrible no and especially not going out in the backyard and fighting fucking crocodiles and shit well given your love of the simpsons they famously had their australian episode mm-hmm. where bart pranks the guy in australia they ship him over for is, isn't it to like hold him on trial 600 dollars dudes for making prank phone calls yeah beer <laughs> one of my first tastes of alcohol i think was uh fosters, fosters. <laughs> it's like this isn't really australian is it it's like no no it's just a saying okay that's fair uh-uh. Well, it should be noted that the movie we were originally going to talk here for Australia's uh, entry in our international horrors was Razorback, mm-hmm. which I had a chance to see that. I've, I Actually, last year I had a chance to see it two times on the big screen, which is kind of nice. I uh, saw it as a Terror Tuesday at the Draft House, mm-hmm. and then the Stray Cat Theater put it on as well. And it's one of my favorites in the Osploitation films just because it's a little bit more polished the cinematography is breathtaking, and it features a killer Razorback. It's right? and the killer Razorback. It's they have to use them minimally, so it plays very much like Jaws. Uh-huh. I mean, it goes in that that playbook. Jaws in the Outback. But it's Russell McKay, the guy that directed The Highlander, and he also did like did the Duran Duran videos. So it has that really distinct. Not necessarily an Australian. He 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 bays the Outback. In beauty, it's beautiful, but it's terrifying, mm-hmm. and it's truly a remarkable film. But it's hard to find, you know, streaming, uh, and I. It just so happens that I had an Australian film on Blu-ray that I know you have not seen. No, um, Razorback. It's about an hour and fifty, which no worries. The movie we're gonna watch ran about eighty-three minutes, so you know <laughs> we love us some brevity, and it leads us to. 
talk 1993's body melt and the goo goo you hear is because we don't do this too often we literally just watched the movie <laughs> just watched it we uh, usually need a little time to sit and settle and this was one of those films that i think the immediate reaction is probably the best one <laughs> um i will i will say i had a chance to see this last year for the first time at terror tuesday at the draft house and it played like a fever dream because rewatching it with you today, <laughs> I know you're like I don't remember. I don't that. remember that. I and I think it's because as you experienced, how many times did you utter like what what WTF, Greg? I I said what the fuck at least five or six times. I wrote down in my notes what the fuck at least three or four. I mean, that movie was insane. I kind of knew what I was getting in for as soon as I heard the from vinegar syndrome because you know weird filthy shit is coming from vinegar syndrome that's the best place to start yeah this is a vinegar syndrome blu-ray so right away for some of you out there you're like okay i'm good i know exactly what this is i'll see you guys next week (laughs) some of you might like hey i know james at the vinegar syndrome table let's let's pull me up a seat let's indulge right and this is definitely one of those films that you said it best actually it's australian Astron 6 mm-hmm. because it's a bonkers concept it's bonkers execution and it's minimal narrative yeah but there's definitely a lot of love going on a lot of practical love going on here is some of the most messy kills in this movie some of the gnarly shit. what is it in new zealand and australia with like peter jackson and all those cats with the splatter punk aesthetic i don't know no, but they, they love it. They, just the messier, the better. And they're ahead of their time in a lot of ways with that shit, too. And well, with Body Melt, so it came out in 1993. And I'm not going to lie, man. I With this, it, it hit three things that I think, if you wanted to sum it up in certain movies, it's part shivers, mm-hmm. part street, ter- street trash, and part Halloween 3. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. And it was, and now also put in. I would throw in Cul de Sac of Terror. I've never seen Cul de Sac of Terror. It's uh, a mini anthology about. Um, it's a little mini anthology starring John Ritter um, about this haunted cul de sac. Is it worth watching? I liked it. Okay. And I love me some John Ritter, I so I always seek that out. He plays the Crypt Keeper. Well, and if you take all those things and then throw it through an Australian filter. And add a whole bunch of that slime from you can't do that on television. Did someone say, I don't know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> do you think Barf was actually serving the one now? He hold was on. making the food at the at the vitamin place. And the vitamin itself, like I said, it's it's so. This movie is all over the place. This movie it is, is nuts. This it, movie is gooey, slimy, gross, a lot of dung. I mean, you get Dong in like the first five minutes. And it was really funny when we were watching. I was like, so 2020 was the year of Dong, right? It's like, well, 2021's coming right on in. It's It's just the tip of the year. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, and then I was like, please don't say that one on air. And I see him scribbling it down. I was like, nope, saving that for later. (laughs) But it basically plays as a satire on health foods, the health food crazes, um, how People will cross lines to make money. There's some ethical things going on here. There's a story that comes out of the gooiness, but it takes a while for you to even realize that there's stories going on because it's just random 
weird. That's the thing. Late 90s videos because like it almost had that like black hole sun feel. You know what I'm saying? I can hear that. Yeah. With the whole I can like, even suburbia being skewed. But I thought this movie actually came out late 90s, early 2000s with just the music and the colors and the thing. But no, it came out way earlier than that. Well, it's really vibrant and it would play as an interesting contrast to Razorback because Razorback also is very colorful. But it is I mean, it is shot through. It's it's exquisite. And with this one, though, the imagery popped like the colors popped. Everything was loud. The music, the visuals. Everything was jarring. It's the music, the visuals. Because you're like, what the fuck is going on? The fact that you throw, you are immediately thrown in with these naked folks. She injects them, and then you get the crazy, the ti- even the title card, the body melt, mm-hmm. the way it is presented. Then the music kicks in, and it should be noted that this is pretty much the brainchild of uh, Philip Brofus, who directed it, wrote it. Did the sound design, composed the music. Mm-hmm. This is, it seems like it's almost like an exercise, almost like an extended short, because this movie is very brief. Yeah. And there are moments of it where you could see, even if you could cut a few things, it could easily make a 60 minute, almost like a show reel, a mm-hmm. sizzle reel of crazy weird Australian effects, crazy weird, weird Australian outback folk, which we'll get to the nothing but trouble esque things going on there. Holy shit. But it definitely feels like here is... There's Cronenberg, uh, very aspects of it. There's a lot of, like, weird messages. Oh. But there's a lot of jokes. If you go not serious at all. Well, and if you go back to our best of 2020, a lot of our favorite films were definitely balanced. <laughs> there this, was, this was not. There's no this, balance on this. There's no balance. There's no balance. There's no breaks. No. There's no guardrails. There's nothing. It's just throws you into this weird world where people are just turning into puddles of slime and and snot monsters and all these weird shit. Now imagine growing up watching this genius as we did with some of the Osploitation films where I just assumed Australia looked like Mad Max. Imagine an impressionable kid watching this and thinking that's what's happening in Australia. Can't even take aspirins in Australia. The food will kill you. Right. The vitamins are going to kill you. Everything will kill you. Everything is hostile, is looking to mess you up. The health spas will melt you. Oh, my God. Well, the health. So it's basically kind of a take on the health craze that hit around that particular time. And I didn't know if it was maybe I guess it's a, it was a global phenomenon, apparently. Oh, so, yeah. But people looking to better themselves in communities, which I totally understand for support. But you would get these health spas in these communities that would pop up and they became the bathhouses, which also brought in its own little you know right interesting things going on there but you had these health clubs and you had these people that were obsessed with looking good obsessed with pushing their bodies to the limit mm-hmm. which well, let's be you know i mean it's hell, still going on to this yeah, day but death becomes her actually kind of is a parallel to that yeah. just how obsessed we are with retaining what we have uh and this movie is like okay well what are the number one like the limits that people are going to go but also the cost of doing that as well. And that's what I think what's interesting with the satire on this is it's not subtle at all. Mm-mm. But it technically kind of works, especially being this is the second time watching this now. And and it's tough to put this thing together because it's fucking bizarre. And and like, well, you, you already you, you said click killer placenta like there's killer placenta in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's. 
okay, let me get to my set pieces list here because that's kind of the true test here. You want you know what it's a joke? Hmm. Elton John. That is verbatim from the movie. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I was thinking like Bernie Toppin potentially, you know, because <laughs> I mean he he some of his songs are kind of funny. Right, I, mean, I like right. the bitch's back. I like a lot of his songs, but I wouldn't say it's a joke. But it just makes it's. I asked you halfway through. I'm like, is this an anthology? Like a loose anthology? Because like, it's a very loose narrative. There's a very loose string of it, just like let's get ooey and gooey. But it also like weirdly follows this these different people's journeys. Well, you have everyone in the little cul-de-sac area. You have the police detectives, you have the health club executives, you have the doctors, you have the nothing but trouble family. So mm-hmm. you have all the sperm donors. It's so you have all these things not necessarily because I think the intent was to have fun with the movie, was to showcase the music and the, the effects and that's what it is. Yeah. It, I was never bored throughout the movie. No, absolutely not. Which is always a good thing with a movie like I this was, because... I was highly entertained. I was questioning why I was entertained, That's... but I was highly entertained. Now, be, now, because you're questioning why you're entertained, do you think that may be some of potentially the cultural context with international horror? No, or I just think like I think it's almost like the case of like trauma. Mm-hmm. You have to be either you really fucking dig it, yeah. you don't, or if you're in the middle, you have to be ready or in the mood for it. Because, like, with Body Melt, I was thinking more along the lines of street trash. Mm-hmm. This is way gorier and, like, way fucking weirder than street trash. And, like, I'm not saying that as it a bad thing at right. all. No, no, no. But this is definitely very Astron 6 what the fuckery and very, um, very uh, societyistic. Like, this is ooey gooey and gross and just, like, very street trash mm-hmm. with just, like, all the gore and very trauma and very, like, um, class of newcomb high where but not so goofy it's a very goofy fucking movie it is it is but trauma is a different type of goofy i think this is where you get um this is australian trauma because it's a different brand of humor this is more like i let's do something funny here mate you know kind of humor just as opposed to like you know but the shock value was there oh the yeah. shock value is definitely fucking there like like the killer placenta and like the road rash, which we'll get to later, because, but no, I like I said, I was highly entertained. But looking back, I'm like, God damn, that movie was fucking nuts, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And that's but that, why that's what I love is the fact that the process of this is like, do you feel guilty for enjoying? I kind of do. Is there, <laughs> I, do. I feel like I feel like I, the, the shame nun should be right behind me. Shame. Shame, shame, but it wasn't like it was dirty because no. we've seen ter- totally dirtier things. But well, it was just actually like, there was some pornography that was actually that uh, was weird because it came in nowhere and this old lady's watching pornography and he just got finished Roberta Desar and like it, wait whoa, for, in the in the mic one more time for the people in the back <laughs> Roberta Zadar. <sighs> but like I am so sorry. I am so that's, sorry. That's. <laughs> just, and that's the class of Newcomb High. And, the, yeah. and then it gets weirder from there. And then you have the family. And even before that, the guy that was jogging with his weird suit. And he looked like he just came back from brain dead. Or, you know, just. I'd, I'd like to think that they all exist in a comfy corner somewhere. Mm-hmm. That kind of a genre existence. Uh, the We always say a movie. We know a movie means business if they kill a kid. Yeah. Let's just say, body melt, they kill a kid. Horrifically. 
But do they kill him, or does he technically have an accident? He dies on his own. That's yes. his own fucking fault. But he was actually the only one, technically. Only, he's the only one that didn't melt into goo. And then again, and then the goons. Mm-hmm. Oh. What the fuck was up with the goons? There were some beefcakes in here, Australian beefcakes, mm-hmm. that I don't know if they did weird ADR, but the blonde beefcake, was that his voice? It couldn't have been. Couldn't have been his voice. It just... It was almost like an uncanny uncanny valley kind of thing for the most part, where it's like there's something off here. What was that movie where we saw with the with the um police captain and the um partner had a voice like that? Where he had the mustache and it was a dude and it was just the weird one. Do you remember what I'm talking about? I do not. And he punches him. Oh, that's Blood Diner. That's right. <laughs> of the, course. the cop in that one. Yes. It was just like that. It was like I don't know if that's his voice. It sounded like a girl's voice. It in really this big did. Giant beefcake body. And I don't know if that's their take on why steroids are a dangerous thing. Potentially, right? this is a satire. It was ridiculous. Well, and that's what I love is the fact that if you paint something as a satire, that means you're anytime that you might offend someone, you're just, it's a satire. It's, it's fine. Satire. It's a satire. And as ooey and gooey as it gets, there's not a lot of blood in this movie. There's a lot of other fluids. Yes, you get a lot of greens, a lot of neon. Mm-hmm. The color palette of this movie I was really impressed with. Uh, shot by Roy Argal, Argal, I believe. But it, but I was impressed with this because at not one point did I look at the like the lighting and go, uh, it doesn't look good. It looked great. Yeah, it did. It uh, was really well shot, and the, it looked it looked fantastic. It looked like a late '90s movie again, even though it's an early '90s movie. It just felt like ahead of its time, and even in. It was it was really pretty as visceral and gory and and people drinking detergent as you can get. It's still as you do. <laughs> from from <laughs> do, you, do you have any detergent at this gas station? A plenty. Ample. <laughs> ample. 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 Um <laughs> But yeah, the greens, everything popped, especially when it's supposed to pop and people are actually and it popping. Does, yeah, the popped, popped. <laughs> well, you talk about how '90s it feels, and this movie is so '90s that. The little boy, spoiler alert here for a film that is, you know, at this point, 30 some odd years old, he's killed because he is rollerblading on a half pipe and he tries to get a little too, uh, too adventurous and he falls on his face. And I mean, it is, it's a gnarly death, but I mean, he, that's so nineties with rollerblades. The score is very, would you call that nineties or do you think that's a little bit more? It seemed, it seemed like late nineties techno. Okay. Well, and so that's why, again, I'm like, this huh? feels like a late 90s movie, but it's an early 90s. But I, again, the score was good, but where it was at was jarring because it seemed things that were supposed to be dreadful, like the cop chasing shit, mm-hmm. had jaunty music in the background, and things that were lighthearted and fun had serious shit in the background, but at the same time, the music was good. And I, I I did dig the music, and I'm a big fan of John Zorn, who composes some just non-traditional, it's the stuff that's not toe-tapping or anything. It's challenging. And I kind of like the contrast with this as well. And I do have a little bit of a, a little bit of the song here from the Body Melt theme, and uh, try not to rock out too hard, you're all. Now, on top of that, add a blown-out oh, face. No, hold on. Oh, wait. Hold on. Put that away there real quick. Would you 
download a house? Would you pirate a car? Then why pirate a film? That's really inspired, man. Tell feels me like, that, that, feels that like I'm like not that, watching a DVD. Doesn't that sound like that? That old PSA? I think that's exactly what I... <laughs> that's what happens, actually, if you pirate this you movie. <laughs> There's a literal boner jam in here. Made perfect for toast. Ew. Like the breakfast yes. served by the uh, Mutant Hillbilly Outback clan. Let's talk about the Mutant Hillbilly Outback clan. You gotta watch out for that mutant hillbilly farmer's daughter. As we found out, there's a reason you don't mess with her. Out of everything, you already have people melting, mad scientists, you have uh, terrible shit going down, and then you introduce a mutant hillbilly clan. Just like that are really the ones that kind of dictate everything, as we find out that the, the leader of them was one of the original scientists and withheld a simple additive. Through this thing as we find out that is why everyone is exploding throughout. Everybody is so fucking weird. And then those that hillbilly clan was jarringly weird. Because you're like, what the fuck is going on? I've mentioned it many times on the show that I just... Something about nothing but trouble has unsettled me from the first time I've seen it. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, the family here has a little bit of that vibe. Yeah, I if, don't know what it is. If the Nothing But Trouble clan melted with the <laughs> no. Sawyer clan... Cronenberg together, mm-hmm. I think you would get this. Yeah. But much like in Razorback, there's actually a pair of brothers that play kind of the same surrogate with the folks here. It's just the ones that are a little bit on the outside of the fringe. Like the Bushwhackers? They're the ones that do the wakey-wakey, hands-off snakey. Uh, they are creepy in Razorback. But here, they're portrayed as inbred. And they mm-hmm. said, keep it in the family, obviously. It's just so, like you said, the minute he, they were pulling up, you're like, this doesn't end well. Like, you don't pull up here. No, everything. I was like, nothing says good about this place. You know, because, I mean, you had, like, the, the st- doll's head and the old gas and then the fucking cars and the three-legged dog and then the the, the harbinger with, like, yeah, what do you need gas, you know, and just... The secret passageway. Jesus, right? Everything about... And the production design is wonderful because it looks something out of your nightmares. It looked like Pee-wee's uh, House of a Thousand Playhouses. That's- Playhouse of a Thousand Corpses. That's what it looked like. What is the secret word of the day? <laughs> Murder! Ah! Ah! I could have used that. I could have used that. Um, and they're played for laughs, but oh, also it's, not. No, it's, because you're you, they make you feel uncomfortable. And I think that's one of the, the hallmarks of an Ausploitation film. And apparently so is uh, kangaroo hunting. Oh, yeah. Which... That gave me a giggle. It did because it's so obviously, yeah. It was obviously bad until they got closer to eat the adrenal glands. And then you're like, oh, what? Because it went from goofy to like, oh, that looks very real. You know, and you're like, oh, God. And then all the while, just to do donuts basically in their car and that entire setup. That entire world makes no sense. Nothing about this movie made sense at all. No, it really, truly doesn't. And that's why I think it was a fever dream because. All the reactions you had here in in your home, 
I could hear people having in the audience at that draft. It was incredible because I was having the same reaction because I was like, wait, whoa, what? That escalated. Wait, where are we going here? Ew. This is the same world of street trash. It is. It is. This is the exact same world because it, nothing makes sense well, and everything is played for laughs. Th- yeah, you do not take this movie seriously. Mm-hmm. This no. movie is heightened reality. It's to have fun. It is, it's a show reel, but it's a very curious show reel, and it's one I'm glad you had a chance to to experience because I don't think this is a movie that you just casually watch. What's this body melt? First of all, with a name like body melt, it's like Smuckers, you know what you're getting in for. You know, it's the pieces. It, but it, it, it truly, it truly is on all that. Um, I've got okay. There was the Australian Mary Warrenoff who actually kind of played the leader of the health club. She totally gave me a Mary Warrenoff Australian thing. Mm-hmm. We had the. Let me see here. Oh, there's the Australian uh, Astron 6, of course. I'm going through some of my uh, more noted. A Salter plumbing. Oh, God, yes. The ga- the little gags, the the puns, <laughs> always going to go right into Genius's heart there. And then again, when the doctor had the face off when he was with the guy. it Yeah, yeah, again. Ah, 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 ah. Puns aplenty with a movie like this, but it's a fun you react. movie. Yeah. It's a fun movie, but it is not going to be for everybody. If no, you like no. trauma, you will like this. Well, and here I don't necessarily like trauma all that much, but I really like this. And I don't know if it's because of the international differences or the delivery, or but I I I because I think because it's not a hunt. I think it's while trauma can be is more laughs per minute i don't mm-hmm. think these are more laughs per minute i think it's more like let's do something fucking weird per minute. sure that makes so. sense that makes sense and but I, that is a good barometer i think to it's, utilize it's not as lighthearted as trauma can be it's mm-hmm. just as gross mm-hmm. and it's just as mean and vile but i think trauma has a more like you know especially old school trauma like nukem high well, and Although I think this would play a good double feature with Nukem High. Well, I will say though, I probably appreciate the old school trauma more than some of the new school stuff that's yeah, produced. I'm along those lines, and maybe it's just because I'm getting older. And I, I hate to say it, but I they don't make the trauma the way they used to. Not your grandfather's trauma. It all comes down to intent for the most part. Yeah, I think this one felt more like a like a let's be funny art project. Like this, yep. might, like this is a dark sketch comedy. Like this would be this is a dark. Tim and Eric show. I can see that. You know what I'm saying? Stretched out to 83 minutes. Just so, like, let people melt, let people get weird, let people just get nuts. Yeah. And and that's what it is. Um, Killer placenta. And I was like, what the fuck? The pregnancy scene? With shades of the thing. Yeah. You know? Um, (laughs) I I don't know what else. The the mucus, ma'am. Yeah. The all just, like, just turning into a big pile of mucus. It's. It's a it's a gross movie. It's I mean, a it's very a, gross movie. We were eating tamales beforehand, and I woofed mine down because it's like, yeah, if I remember anything about this movie, I don't want to be eating during it, <laughs> especially a tamale that you know right. is. Oh well, at least we didn't have like goulash or some sort of like you know weird noodle. Like this is pistachio salad, and it's uh, just like, oh, pass. I'm a pass on that. Anything that has texture like that that looks like it's heaving <laughs> can be a bad right? thing. <laughs> like Aunt Bethany's Jello, yeah. Fucking Christmas vacation. Uh, her cat loves it. Her cat loves it. <laughs> so, final thoughts on Body Melt here, Genius McGee. I <laughs> enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, and how do you like your ribs? Oh God, that 
Here's that whole the- subplot. We didn't even touch the subplot about the guy um, that had the fantasy and then had that whole um, American werewolf yeah. thing going on. Yeah, with that the chick with the scars. The hallucination. All her face. It's yeah. so bizarre. I'm not saying if we saw this in 1993, it would have ended up on our best of 1993 list because of the way it was handled so deftly and bad. It's just all over. It is. Although I'm sure if I saw this, let's see. Oh, if I would have saw this in 93. This came out in 93, so I would have been... Oh, you would have been 15, 16? sophomore I in high school. I loved this movie. It would have changed your life. This movie you would have when I was 15. You would have preached Body Melt because it hits the same vein as A Dead Alive. Yeah. Where it's slapstick. It's over the top. It's daring you to look away, but it's doing so in such a way that it's not mean-spirited. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with, with The Dead Alive and The Brain Dead, or right. excuse me, The Bad Taste. No, it, there's definitely... I have kind of a soft spot for the splats, the splatter gore and all that kind of stuff, but it can't be mean. Like, um, Terrifier with Art the Clown. That's a mean movie. I don't I like li- it. I liked it. I, I, it was too mean for me. It was too mean. I love the gore. Mm-hmm. The, the effects were amazing, but it was just too mean. And it's kind of, it's the meanness. Again, the intent goes a long right. way with me. And I think they were intending to have a good time. Yeah. This one was to poke fun, not jab and oh yeah no laughing with not at yeah and i can't being slimy and it was really funny too afterwards i was like i need to look at the extra because i bought this after having watched it at terror tuesday with the sole intent of watching with someone because i remember enjoying the experience because of the wtfs happening but it was hilarious when you're like i don't remember this part i I don't remember that part and i'm like god damn how could i forget shit that's just it, though, and that's what I think a movie like that plays perfectly because I remember enjoying the experience. <laughs> experience is the correct yeah, word. For I this. remember looking forward, going. I remember looking at my thing, going, "Oh, I've got Mighty Melt here. We don't need Razorback. I can. I need to watch this. I need to break it out of the package here." Is <laughs> <And laughs> it just like disintegrates into goo? It's appropriate, man. It's so appropriate. Um, so I'm glad I got to break. And also looking at all the extra features, there's like. Three commentary tracks on it, two makings of. Like, you may not necessarily like the content of Vinegar Syndrome, but good lord, they produce some of the best supplemental material. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was Revenant Entertainment, if it's Red Letter Media, or a number of the companies that do that, but I love it. Yeah. Because then it gives you more context and meat of the film because I need to figure out how that happened and why, why it, happened. it happened. That's the better question. Why? <laughs> <laughs> But I have that now. And uh, right. I, I even said, I was like, find the method to the madness. Well, there's a Blu-ray and a DVD included. And you were kind of like, oh, we should watch. It. I was like, do you want to watch that? Somebody's like, nah, nah, I'll just watch it with you sometime. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> That's that nice way of saying that I'll get to it with someone else, not on my own time. Because <laughs> your own time is important, which I totally understand. I think this is more of a party movie. It I is. mean, like, you, you need to watch. If you want to watch this by yourself and, like, get gored out, that's cool. But like I think you're gonna have a significant more time with um, imbibing of something yes. and with the buddy, you know, yeah. and just some some Fosters, some Fosters, some Maybe coffee, get a little, little diggery do. Ah, but no, this is definitely one that would play well in the background at a party because so many people are gonna go, "What is that? What the fuck am I watching?" Because every time you turn around, you'll see something colorful and gory and slimy and bloody and gooey, and then you can turn it up. 
Mm-hmm. And the Listen soundtrack the kicks in. Going on. You got people we're having, dancing. Yeah, and we're having a 90s party. Body mountains. I'm gonna, it's gonna it's gonna end up on my rotation now. I have a bad bad feeling. <laughs> Not the movie, but the soundtrack definitely. No, I'm glad that you at least enjoyed the experience and it didn't. Ha- you didn't have a negative experience. No, or no. It, maybe you you sit on it a day and you come back going, oh man, that movie was BS. What is wrong with you? But I'm glad you had a good experience. Oh, gross. Well, and what's funny? What's funny? Is there's also going to be a first time viewing for you coming up in this month? That I'm I'm worried and excited. I, I'm afraid I may have hyped it up too much, but weirdly enough, placenta does come into play with this next one. Well, it sounds like it's in my wheelhouse. And shall we just go ahead and make it uh, the movie or the movie that we're going to be well, talking let's go about ahead. here? We already announced it. Well, okay then. So here coming out next Friday on the eighth. Oh boy, we're going all the way back to 1981, and from ooey and gooey to squiddly diddly <laughs> we're going to be talking 1981's possession i have not seen it i've heard that i need <sighs> to i heard that my proclivities for uh ciliophods uh it will lead me <laughs> will lead me directly into the liking of this movie almost genius almost it's gonna haunt you when you hear that again so until that time this is greg d i'm genius and we'll see you in your dreams almost almost